0: Welcome to Cubby of Cubby Blue. You're, the Cubs won two of five games against the St. Louis Cardinals and I'm not sure anybody in their bullpen can pitch for a week. Home for Cubs news, updates and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs and make bingo to help you survive national broadcast when the Cubs play St. Louis at Bleed Cubby Blue and I am joined by our co-host as always Danny Brockett. How's it going Danny?
1: Well, that was a lot of frustrating baseball. So, (laughs) you know, I'm just waking up on a Monday morning, feeling like I got run through the ringer. Like I think a lot of Chicago Cub fans do, uh, including getting pantsed yet once again, on Sunday night baseball (laughs) against the Cardinals. Just uh, uh, good morning, everybody.
0: So the last two games were the games that were nationally televised, televised, and those were the Fox game, which was game two of a doubleheader. Uh, Caleb Killian's debut, which we'll talk about in a second, uh, and the Game 5, which was, frankly, like, actually a pretty good game, except in both of these games, the Cubs just ran out of pitchers. And I I don't know. We'll get into it. We'll go in order like we always do. But it was it was just – I don't even know that I felt like they were outmatched. It was just like a war of attrition, and the Cardinals had a guy who could throw at the end, and the Cubs did not. And that's probably – just what happens when the league schedules you to play nine games in seven days.
1: Yeah. And there were, I think we'll probably talk about it. Maybe a, a few bullpen mistakes or head scratchers. I should say is like, you know why things went down the way they did. Um, they brought up Anderson Espinosa didn't use him. Like, you're like, well, why have a 27th man if, and then just not use them. Didn't make any sense <laughs> to me how they did things. And you know, you're going to have guys pitching on back-to-back days when you have three games in 24 hours. That's just going to be how that works. Unless your starter is going to go deep into the game. That didn't happen. Well, actually it did happen and it still didn't work because you had to play <laughs> extra innings of Manfred man clown ball, but it was just a long weekend and it really came up on the wrong side, but Hey, at least we got two. I predicted a sweep. I admit I was wrong. and possibly a little delusional.
0: I mean, Justin Steele was nails on Sunday night baseball. You couldn't ask for more, although his pitch count, I think, was like 84 or 88 when he got pulled in the seventh. And I was wondering if Ross would let him throw one more, given the state of the bullpen, because frankly, I kind of thought they needed it. Let's let's just get started at the top. There is a lot to talk about here. Game one, which feels like it was 47 years ago, uh, was (laughs) Keegan Thompson versus Matthew Libertor, who was the Cardinals' top-pitching prospect. So it was really interesting to get to see a glimpse of both the future of the Cardinals in this series, lots of Wanya Pez, lots lots of Nolan Gorman, lots of Libertor, lots of this Brendan Donovan kid who I'm already like, I'm over. Like, God, they just... He he looks like Harrison Bader, and he's throwing out guys with, like... (laughs) I can't Danny. like, I swear to God, they just create these guys in a lab. Like, anyway, we'll get to, we'll get to him in a minute, but Keegan Thompson went up against the pitching hope of the future of the St. Louis Cardinals and absolutely rocked. I thought this game was great from a Cubs perspective and the Cubs won it, but it was, I mean, Thompson, Thompson just continues to not allow runs to score, which frankly is what you want from a pitcher.
1: Yeah, no, that's his main job actually, is <laughs> to not allow runs. I mean, what can you say about Keegan Thompson except for that it's a bit of a surprise? I This is like somebody that I don't think Cub fans have seen in a long time, a, a pitching, not in, even necessarily a prospect, because I don't know that he was on anybody's prospect list. Um, in and, and what, for a few years there, was a pretty thin system for the Cubs. But yeah, it's gone great. And if you can three runs, five point one innings right now, the strikeouts were down because he did, was he had ten in one game, I think nine in another or something like that. And so uh, only three in this one, but uh, only five hits, three runs. Uh, yeah, I mean it, it's it's working. So it feels like gravy. You know, it's it's just because it's a surprise. I'm like, oh, this guy's a long man. He's like Mike Montgomery, and I'm like. Actually, he's a starter who's really good. He's a number five. Actually, he's turning into a number three. And then we'll see where it goes. I don't think it goes higher than that. But, like, you get yourself a homegrown number three starter. You're going to take that every day.
0: Yeah, I I love this. He's 27 years old. He was a round three pick for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, His ERA is currently sitting at 1.99. You should probably temper expectations there. The XERA is actually at 322 the xfip is at 3.95 the fip is at 3.51 so you sort of you sort of feel like Keegan Thompson is more of like a mid 3s era type of guy than a yeah. high ones era type of guy but honestly you would take that every day of the week most games your your team is going to score more than you know you, you score four runs you win that's that's something that you would take but the thing that i love about this is not doing it with overpowering stuff. He's doing it with command and he's doing it with good game planning. And he's just, he's just getting guys out and his ground ball percentage at the moment is 52.5%. He is not giving up home runs. I'm just, I'm here for Keegan Thompson. And I thought he looked really good in this game.
1: Yeah. He's looked good in all the games. I don't think I I would look back on his game log. I'm sure there's one stinker in there, but yeah, for the most part, it's been, it's been awesome for a while there. He had a zero ERA. Like he just didn't give up anything. And so, yeah, I mean, if, if he'll keep you in a game every five days into the future, I mean, here's somebody that's going to be on the Cubs. If he keeps pitching like this for the foreseeable, future and maybe a big part of the rotation. And you know that when you're saving money, not that I care if the Rickets save money, I don't, but if, if they can justify spending their money elsewhere on other talented players, because you've got a, a, an, because pitching is expensive, really good pitching is expensive. So if you don't have to spend on that, maybe you can, I don't know, go somehow get Carlos Correa like you should have this year already. You or know.
0: extend your starting all star catcher, oh, Wilson Contreras. Yeah. yeah. Por que no we
1: <laughs> Yeah. I, I, we've, we're full of ideas about how the money could be spent. There's...
0: Hire Danny and I to spend your money, Tom. We will not do you wrong. It'll be great.
1: <laughs> side, side note I was uh, hanging out. Uh, at Club 400, which you got to see on Saturday night at the end of it all. Uh, Wrigleyville
0: Club 400. Wrigleyville Club 400. Not to be confused with Suburbs Club
1: 400. So we were in there between games of the doubleheader, and Ricketts was in there uh, for – came for a hamburger and a beer. And I think he's a little bit of a lightweight um, because it it seemed – either that or he had been drinking before because he had – you know, a beer, and then you just kind of loosened up real quick. But he did manage to, and I had to confirm this with somebody else that was in the kitchen when he was talking, because I came in at the end, and our friend Crawley was, of course, cornering him in next to the sink in the kitchen, um, asking him question after question. I came in just at the end. When he was saying why they didn't sign Korea, and he said, and I asked this, so I'm reading this off a of text, he said that the reason we didn't do it is because we would have had to give up the seventh pick in the second round <laughs> <What>? <laughs> if we had signed Korea. And I was like, oh, well, that's a terrible reason, Tom. That's a <laughs> why don't you sell bad. the team? <laughs> that, <laughs> that's know?
0: a pretty bad reason. I mean,
1: <laughs> I... I'm like, I'm really, not sure he,
0: who the Cubs are going to get in the set. Well, second round picks can be pretty good, but could
1: have been Keegan they, Thompson. He's a third well, rounder.
0: He, yeah, I was going to say he might have lost to Keegan Thompson there. Um, we'll see <laughs> who the Cubs get in this, with their seventh pick in the second round, and 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 we'll get back to you on whether or not we would rather have Carlos Correa.
1: Yeah, or or uh, Andrelton Simmons.
0: Dude, we're going to get to Andrelton Simmons, uh, but before we do, we do, have to. Well, before we do, I just want to say one other thing about this first game. I really think this should be the lineup. I want to see Christopher Morales leading off. I want to see Wilson Contreras in there hitting. I want to see Nico Horner at shortstop. I want to see Jason Hayward only late as a defensive replacement coming in after other guys have done their thing. I thought Clint Frazier looked pretty good this series, not like... You know he wasn't hitting for power or anything, but he was getting his job done right. Like he was getting on base, and he was not making outs when he needed to, which I thought was important. He didn't play he didn't play horrendous defense like he did earlier in the week. Um, But I, I thought this is the lineup that I am interested in seeing right now at the moment. And I and it was notable because with so many games in so few days, and five games in four days against the Cardinals, we saw I think every iteration of the Cubs lineup possible. And this is far and away the best one.
1: <laughs> well, it worked out the best. That's for sure. They scored a lot of runs um, and they won. But uh, yeah, Frazier's, uh, I mean, I am kind of getting the vibe of why the Yankee fans were ready to move on with him. I feel like he was there. Almora, Who, by the way, hit a grand slam for the Reds well, <laughs> this weekend. And did. I was like, oh, great. Of course, you know, he goes over there. It is, it is just like uh pop. I mean, it's Cincinnati. You could could have something to do with that but you know I just feel like either play Clint Frazier and really see what you have and it hasn't been possible because of yeah uh, appendicitis but I, he's had trouble staying on the field like in general for a variety of reasons concussion appendicitis like weird stuff right not even like my arm hurts or I blew out a knee um which you'd think is a baseball thing but yeah I I don't know you gotta figure out what you got with this guy but it's not seeming possible to give him enough time, but I don't know why that is. You're starting Jason Hayward, which you're right, they didn't do that in this game, and look, they won. Hayward with a few RBIs in this series, but you know yeah, not I mean, necessarily I... on hard hit balls or something. He just found holes and stuff accidentally.
0: I will say this about Jason Hayward because I saw a lot of people doing the whole like, oh, I got a DFA, Jason Hayward, need to play these other guys. What are we going to do when Seiya comes back? Blah, blah, blah. Don't worry. I'm sure somebody else will get hurt to make room for Seiya Suzuki. Like, I'm just not even... At this point, the Cubs have so many injuries. I, everybody's like, oh, there's going to be a roster crunch. You're going to have to DFA David Bodie. I'm like, Okay. I think what's more, much more likely to happen is that there's not going to be a roster crunch because somebody's going to get hurt or like randomly have appendicitis or sprain their finger or something, and the Cubs are just going to be like, oh, whoops, IL and new guy. But but um, why
1: would they? Why would they be stockpiling guys for for what reason? Would they want to like, oh, I got to stash, you know, Andrelton Simmons or something? You know,
0: I mean. I don't think they're stashing guys, but at the moment, it's not as deep of a lineup as people on the Internet seem to think it is, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, everybody's like, oh, yeah, there's such a playing time roster crunch, whatever. I think the only reason it felt that way is partially because there were so many games in such a short period. So you were seeing all these iterations of the lineup and it was like, why am I seeing so much of insert random guy that you didn't want to see there?
1: I felt like Madden was back. (laughs)
0: yeah a little bit um let's talk about the second game marcus stroman was not great in this game uh so many cardinals home runs danny uh the cardinals really teed off on marcus stroman you you like to think that if you can score four runs off miles michaelis in five innings that you would have a shot to win and the cubs did that and they did not have a shot to win because marcus stroman went four innings Gave up ten hits, nine runs, all of them earned mm. one walk and seven strikeouts. Yikes.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean the I only thing I could say positive about Marcus Strowman is that he was coming off of a good outing. <laughs> it's like what he got into this one. I had a front row seat to this one and uh not front 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 row, front row, but pretty much it's like right behind home plate, uh terrace reserve box in front of the poles. My friend Jack brought me, he's Jack Paschalovic, he's on Twitter. You should follow him. He's a good, fun baseball follow anyway. And, uh, you know, he gave me a ticket, and we're sitting right down there, and I just, it, you know, it started great. Got Patrick Wisdom, three-run homer in the first inning. You, fig- you figure, oh, we won last night. We're just going to continue this momentum, but the wheels fell off of this game fast. And you got, really got no one to blame Marcus Stroman. I, I saw <laughs> – I think it was Bleacher Nation that tweeted out about, like, Uh, balls that Marcus Stroman leaves belt high are getting hit really hard. I'm like, well, duh. Like that's where, I mean, every, I mean, that's where you're not supposed to leave a ball is in the middle of the plate down the middle belt high. Everybody can get to that one. Even if you're uppercutting or slap hitter or everybody can get to the middle of the plate belt high. Like that's the whole point of baseball. So, but yeah, he was leaving them all over the plate. and. You know, it's the wind was wafting out, but I mean, they, who else hit the three run homer? The new guy, Nolan Gorman, uh the Goldschmidt, I think had one and just, uh,
0: Danny, <laughs> there were so many, homers in, there were so many homers in this game by the Cardinals that I just didn't put them in the notes. Cause I was Schwindel.
1: Like, it was getting kind
0: of depressing as I was, I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just out like, anyway, I mean, I mean,
1: Schwindel oh, gave him up too. No, I just said, I oh, just well, wanted to add yeah. about the Ab- homers. <laughs> okay, yes.
0: We'll get to Schwindel pitching in a, sec- in a second. The Stroman part of pitching though, the, the guy who's going to pitch again. uh, It's weird because he, he starts out fine. And he's done this a couple of times now where he throws a couple innings, throw threes, throws three innings, looks solid. And then it's like the wheels come off. And sometimes he gets it back and sometimes he doesn't. And I... I can't tell if it's pitch mix or what is going on here. I need to go back and look at what he's throwing and see if there's anything different from his standard MO, but, but it's very clearly like they see him one time through and then all of a sudden it doesn't work anymore. And I, that makes me real nervous. I don't know. I I don't know. Maybe.
1: I mean, I, I would be interested to look up his splits as far as like what inning like is it really just like second time through order I'm, I'm looking it up right now if I can find it real quick like per inning uh, you can he- find that
0: on fan graphs in leverage and situations as you scroll down a player's page I haven't looked at it yet but it, it would be worth keeping an eye on particularly because the Cubs really are going to need Marcus Strowman to be able to consistently give them like six innings with three or fewer run earned runs, right? Like that is that seems like where he should be relative to the rest of this rotation. And honestly, I don't know. This is this is not going to work. I mean, you talked about Frank Schwindel pitching in this game. He might be the last position pitcher uh that, that you see for the Cubs for a while. In case you didn't notice or didn't hear about what happened in the Dodgers Mets game, the, the rule has been tweaked. So you can no longer put a position player into pitch unless there's at least a six run uh gap. In the game and and the I don't know if it was the Dodgers that tried this or the Mets that tried this, but one of them tried to put a position player into pitch and they were told they were not allowed to uh, by a major league baseball umpire earlier this week. So if you were wondering why David Ross didn't go to a position player pitching in some of those 10th inning, 11th inning games when he had literally no one left in the bullpen, that would be why he couldn't uh, by league rules. There wasn't a big enough gap in the game, even if he wanted to.
1: Yeah. I I, th- I thought about this too. Um, it's kind of strange. Would you ever have a situation where like, if you wanted your position player to pitch the eighth to save your bullpen, would you have a situation and you were down by five runs, but you knew that, I don't know, for, for whatever reason, you didn't have the guy, you didn't have the bullpen arm. You wanted to save it for the next game. You were playing like in a doubleheader situation. Uh, would you ever ask a bullpen guy to just go up and throw a bunch of meatballs so you could be down by six so you could use a position player the next inning?
0: God, I don't know. I I would hate that. That'd be just like forfeiting a game. Like at that point, why don't you just quit?
1: Why yeah, don't you just, just, have just like say, yeah,
0: yeah, we're done. We would like well, to preserve our bullpen more we, than we would like to win this baseball game.
1: That's, I mean, and I know I've made I've made fun of the Cardinals having Yadi. And Pujol's pitch in Cardinal blowout wins that I feel like that's BS because, you know, you shouldn't, I don't know, you're winning that now you're just showing the team up or like we're winning by so much. We're just going to throw anybody out there, you know, cause we don't care. And that's seems wrong, but like, it feels like a forfeit anyway, when you got Frank Twindell out there, it's just a sideshow. I mean, I got a couple pictures of that and like the ball, it looks like, you know, how like a, when, uh, when you play underhand 16 inch softball, how you have to have an arc on the ball that like the rule is like must go so high in the air before it comes down. Like that's kind of what it was like. It was just like the super Ephus pitch coming in at 54 or whatever it is. I mean, they might as well just grabbed anybody out of the stands to go and then uh, and pitch. So
0: I've got these Strowman splits that you were asking about first time through the order, second time through the order. First time through the order, he's thrown 21 innings. Second time through the order, 17.2 innings. Uh, I'm not going to do third time through the order because it's only eight innings and some change. So, like, let's just do first and second time through the order. His ERA first time through the order is 3.43. His ERA second time through the order is 7.64. Batters are slashing 224, 259, 316 with a Woba of 255 first time through the order. They are slashing 311, 363, 608 with a Woba of 417 second time through the order. Like this clearly, this screams he needs to mix it up second time through the order to me.
1: Yeah. Because he's another guy without the overpowering stuff. You know, he's a pitch to contact guy who they signed and didn't really put the most stellar defense behind him as well. So, you know, you're going to end up with a few extra guys on base and a, you know, a few extra, well, the errors, it, frankly, would Cubs commit more than league average errors. Um They, a lot of balls getting through the infield. Also like Cubs, you know, they, I wouldn't say that there's a team that like they shift, but they're not like, Uh, uh, Like a Madden shift team, you know, where everything is, is always, you always got a guy in short right or short left or something like that, but they do have a lot of balls. And I think it's more about the talent and the range of the infielders than it is about the shift or the positioning, because I, there's a lot of balls getting under gloves that you almost think that used to be, um, hits they're counted as hits. So they go against the pitcher, but I feel like some of those get fielded with a better infield. When you have somebody like Stroman, who's going to give up contact for the most part, he's not a strikeout pitcher, although he does get K's, but he's not a strikeout pitcher. I mean, you're going to just have problems. The ball's in play. You don't have a great defense. You know, It's, it's just, I feel like it's a perfect storm. But there probably is something to the second time through the order because those are some pretty significant splits you just rattled off there.
0: Yeah. Um, Let's talk about the third game in this series. This was a great game. Can we talk about Matt Swarmer for a minute? Because Matt Swarmer is having no time or no problem second time through the order. He has two starts in the major leagues. Both of them are quality starts. He went six plus innings in both of them, one earned run in the first one, uh, one earned run in the second one. And the thing that really stood out to me watching um, some clips from this former start, this slider is nasty. It totally plays, and batters are mystified by it. Like, he threw two or three of them in a row to Nolan Arenado, and Arenado had no idea what to do.
1: Yeah, and maybe that's just what he does, and I think that's what they're sending him out there to do, and as long as it's working, it'll work. I mean, remember... I mean, I wonder if you do end up, I mean, I guess he's in the rotation right now just because of injuries, but uh, you remember like somebody like Carlos Marmol, he just threw a pretty much a slider the whole time and nobody could hit it for a couple of years and it played and that was fine. So I wonder if like he could be, if you did have somebody else that could, um, uh, you know, start like Swarmer, who is a organizational guy, he's kind of getting his shot, Later in his career, kind of, well, his career minor leaguer up till now is, tw- is 27, I think.
0: He's older. I, 27 or 29, I cannot remember. I don't have his page up. I, you're but probably yeah, older, right. I don't, I don't know. Off the
1: top. He's not supposed to be up here, um, but he is, and he's doing a great job. And it's because of that one pitch. So as long as it's working, keep on going to it. So. I don't know how many sliders he threw in this game, but the fact that he's gone that he went six innings on a doubleheader day and saved the bullpen for to screw it up later, uh, <laughs> the the fact that he was able to do that um, is just huge for the team. And if and um, you know it's depth, he's a depth guy, and this is the kind of depth that any team would kill for. He uh, he outlasted uh, Obeido, um, do, who yo, was yo a bullpen Han. guy for them.
0: Johan Oviedo has started now 19 or 20 games and does not have a win. Pat Hughes was talking about this on the radio (laughs) broadcast. It is getting very close to MLB record time. And to be clear, pitcher wins are not a meaningful stat. So that's not on Johan Oviedo. Uh, But that's a mind-blowing stat that he has started that many games and the Cardinals have not been able to put enough runs on the board for him to get a win yet.
1: It's strange. I mean, that's just an uh, anomaly. I think because he pitched well enough to get a win, five innings, three earned runs. If they're, off. I mean they they only scored one run, so the Cardinals. So and they only had five hits in this one. And then you got the the bullpen. Wick took two innings in this one, which is the other real question. I mean, you know, what are you doing here? You got a two inning for Wick, and I know he's capable of it, but it's just not how this usually goes down. I mean, how many pitches did he do? A I'm lot. At- and
0: and this is actually 38. Where, this is where yeah. the wheels start to come off cuz Rowan Wick throws 38 pitches in two innings here. Then you get to game 2 and you've already used Efros, Norris, and Wick in game 1. So, you you're basically locked in if you get in a close game, which the Cubs find themselves in a close game with the Cardinals in game 2. So you've got Michael Givens, you've got Michael Rucker, you've got David Robertson and Anderson Espinoza, And the guy who you should be going to, if you are concerned at all that there is going to be a, oh, we're going to need multiple innings. We're going to need to check this. We're going to need to look at that, whatever. In that mix is clearly Anderson Espinoza, But because the Cardinals lineup is set up in such a way that look, the heart of their lineup is so much more dangerous than the rest of it, right? Like you've got, Goldschmidt, Arenado, like that Edmund Goldschmidt, Arenado, Gorman, whatever order they put them in, that that quad, those four guys are so much harder to get out than the rest of their lineup that David Ross found himself in the position in game two where in the seventh inning he goes to Givens because he sees that he's going to have to face those guys, right? Which means he has to leave Givens in for the eighth inning. So now Michael Gibbons is sitting there at like 46 pitches and guess where you find yourself by the time Michael Gibbons is done walking guys at the top of the order again. So now you go to David Robertson to get through the eighth. And I, I mean, Danny, the whole thing was just like I was watching a disaster unfold and I'm just like, it's Anderson Espinosa should have been in this game earlier. He should have been the guy to throw like four innings. And I understand why David Ross doesn't trust him. He was a little bit his command was not great the first time we saw him when he came in for the smiley injury, but frankly, he was effectively wild. It was fine. I just really wish that Anderson Espinoza had been given a shot in both of these last two games and he didn't get a shot in either.
1: Yeah. It makes no sense. So you pull him up to be the 27th guy. So you've got this fresh arm and instead you just use your battered arms. Are you kidding me? Like you knew you had this, you knew you had two good double headers this week uh, a month ago. So, or, or more. So I, I don't understand it because you use wick in a, in a game that you have a five run lead, a five run lead. And you use him for two, you use F Ross and wick. Your circle of trust is to lock down. I yeah, mean, why is
0: it Rucker in that game? That's the Rucker game right there where you've got a you're five winning. run lead.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're winning after the sixth inning, which was pitched by Swarmer. You're winning after the sixth inning. Five to one, and your answer to that is to bring in uh, H- Hughes. Oh yeah, I who wasn't? Who game. wasn't? Yeah. Well, he, could, he barely got any outs. He only got one out. So then you bring in Efros to clean up Hughes's mess. But Hughes is whatever. Like we don't even know what we have with Hughes. He came out, it was good, and then he wasn't good. Like we don't know. But Efros, he's circle of trust guy with with that like wicked sidearm sit thing that he does. Then Wick he's kind of like one of your like closers by committee dudes along with all of them, you know, givens Robertson, like, we don't really know who they're going to do, but like, there's no reason for them to really pitch in this game. Um, I I mean, maybe he's really trying to preserve this lead, but you know, come on, like you take your chances with the other guys. If they get in trouble, I guess they tried it with Hughes to, you know, have somebody out there that would, but yeah, where's Espinosa. Where's Espinoza? Maybe he was saved for if Killian couldn't do it in game two, because Mm -hmm. that was his first game and he pitched well, but maybe they were like, oh, well, he's not going to be able to go more than three because he's new and we don't know. And maybe they're saving him, but like,
0: (sighs) and look, I get it. Some of this is injuries. Like technically, if you had every, if you had people healthy, Alzelay would be in this rotation. Like Mills would be in this rotation. Miley would be in this rotation. Smiley would be here, right? Like there's a lot of guys who are not in the rotation right now, which is why Justin Steele isn't your number five starter. He's like your number two starter. And then Keegan Thompson isn't your like long reliever guy out of the bullpen. He's your number four starter. I can understand how all of this got messed up. And also it's such a problem with bullpen depth and it was depth. And it was so frustrating to see the way the bullpen got deployed through game one of this doubleheader and then game two of the doubleheader and Sunday night baseball. I mean, it was just a cascading effect, right? Like you could see it as the game was unfolding in game two and then in or I guess it's game four. And then in game five of the series, you just knew the Cardinals were going to have like one one arm to outlast the Cubs in both of those games. And they did. And and part Good. of that is that the Manfred Man rule is designed to set that up for last bullpen arm standing wins. Right.
1: Well, and it takes away home field advantage and it's just like all of a sudden it becomes with the runner on second, like it's a lead off double in the ninth or in the 10th lead off double in the 10th for the um, opposing team at or the away team. And it's, it's now you're, you have, now you're behind. uh, Yeah. You're behind. You're just automatically behind the home team is behind just in your mindset, in who you're using as your pitcher. And you just didn't have enough at, at the end. And we didn't have enough bats either, too, because, the you know, the Cubs, they were just to end up in extra innings in the first place was unnecessary. Like, they could have won these games in regulation, and they didn't. So that's a, a lot of the problem, because you could have won. I mean, I, we're not quite into game five yet, but, um, you know, you had a – situation where, uh, I'm looking at right here. It's like Morrell ties it with the double, uh, Oh no, Ortega. Oh yeah. This one Ortega lead off double in the eighth. You got PJ Higgins up there, button him over, you know, Nikki all outs, ends up bouncing out, uh, cause he's no good. I mean, like what happened to this guy that the white Sox fans don't trade with the white Sox anymore, please. We're done. Hey, I, so I am.
0: I've been watching Nick Madrigal and Jason Hayward when they're the same pra- guy. when they're doing practice swings and it drives me bonkers. Both of them, when they so they're in the on-deck circle doing their practice swings, right? And I know this isn't a show where you can see us, but I'll try to describe this as best as I can. They both have a hitch in their practice swing. And I feel like if you got a hitch in your practice swing, then things are going poorly for you. Like both of them set up awkwardly. They kind of hitch and then they push the bat forward in a way that I have never seen in my life when they're practice swinging. And I'm like, that can't, that can't be good for you. Like that can't possibly generate any sort of power or leverage or bat speed or anything. What is this? Like, what is that? I don't know what this is.
1: Yeah. I I, I don't understand either. No, they, they look like they're playing cricket, (laughs) you know, how they, because they how they bowl the ball and then you they do that thing where they like hop top skip pit you know kind of thing oh, so um,
0: weird anyway yeah. let's, let's but yeah why are they bunting
1: why gonna... is PJ why is PJ Higgins bunting? I mean, Cubs could have lost this one before if, like, uh, Sosa uh, didn't miss third in, oh, in this geez. game. Yeah, let, so
0: <laughs> so, so, I
1: mean, so that was their own toot plan, and that that happens and stuff. It was nice to see it happening to somebody else for once. tell you that much. But, like, why – I mean, I understand why you're bunting. You try to get the bunt over. You try to get the man to third. But to not score that leadoff double, that's all they did. They they didn't and then they didn't score their leadoff double in the tenth. Well, they did actually score that guy in this game. They didn't last night. They did, two times they didn't score that quote unquote courtesy runner. Which uh, not only do I hate the courtesy runner, I hate what they're calling it because it's no, the it's dumbest the ma- thing I've ever heard in my life. No, um, the only
0: the only acceptable names for that dude are the Manfred Man or the Zombie Runner, and th- that is what I will call it forever. I I mark him as little dotted lines on my on my scorecard because he's not real. Um, but I we like are Bobby Runner. we are overdue for a break. Uh, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. On the flip side, we are going to talk about the fourth and fifth games of the series. We have not talked about Caleb Killian day yet, which was a ton of fun. And I want to give Caleb Killian his due. We also do have to talk about two games uh, at Camden Yards against the Baltimore Orioles, which is where the Cubs are headed on Tuesday. But first, a quick break. All right. We are back at uh, Caleb Killian. Let's just like start with Caleb Killian and we'll come back to all this bullpen madness in a second. Cause there's lots to talk about there. I thought Caleb Killian was outstanding. He was, it was exactly as exciting as I wanted it to be, to be there at his debut. Uh, I was actually seated in the two hundreds. I got myself a single, uh, when Danny gave me a heads up that he thought that Caleb Killian was going to be called in for the second game of this doubleheader. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll drop some money on that and see what happens. And I'm glad I did. Uh, it was interesting because the the people right in front of me, two different couples, were all season ticket holders who had not been there this year. Uh, they were all surprised to see each other like, oh, hey, it's been so long, blah, 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 blah. And I really think this was one of those times where season ticket holders have been kind of just selling their seats and taking a bath on them and just getting like washed on StubHub for fees. And they pulled, they they were showing up for this game because nobody wanted to miss Caleb Killian's debut. He got the first nine Cardinals he faced out. He was amped early. Like the velo is not going to sit 96, 97 like he did in that first inning. And uh, if you were listening to the Fox News broadcast, which yes, I went back and did because I'm sort of a masochist, but also wanted to see what the pitches looked like on TV. It was not because I really missed A.J. Pruszynski's voice. Um, <laughs> but the if, if you go back and, and look, it's like his velo drops and they talk about it on the broadcast as if he's done something wrong. And really, it's just adrenaline, people. He'll be fine. Um, he really only had one bad inning. It was that fourth inning. He talked about it after the game on the post-game show and said that he wasn't getting into his legs enough in the delivery, and they talked about it in the dugout. I was glad to see that he came back out for the fifth and got three quick outs. Cause I thought that that was a nice way to wrap up. What's what was a pretty good day for Caleb Killian.
1: Yeah. And then they uh, were rewarded him by sending him back down, but not, but we all expected that to happen. Uh, I mean, yeah, everybody was excited. There's it, He struck out like the first two, I think he faced. And um, yeah, I always think that with a guy, you know, first major league start that when you, I think that by design, They should just let him the one time through the order and just let that be the debut and uh, then call it a day. And I know they couldn't do it on this, but it just always seems to happen this way that, you know, they're they're pumping, they're pumping, they're pumping. And then when the game kind of settles in a little bit and it it just it's any three runs, three runs, five innings that's almost the quality. You give me one more inning. That's a quality start. He might've been able to do it. He was only at 83 pitches. So maybe a future Caleb Killian can give you a hundred or more. Um, Six
0: strikeouts, two walks. And he was kind of yeah. getting squeezed a little bit in that fourth inning. So I, I was, I was happy with this. I think Caleb Killian yeah. will be back up this year. The only reason I think they sent him down, frankly, is because Swarmers is kind of just exceeding expectations right now. You're not sending him back. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I guess I mean they can do a lot of different things because they've got a lot of guys with options. There's new rules as to how many times you could send these guys back and forth. So, um, what is it? Five five. times? Five? Yeah, that's kind of a lot. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, might as well keep the hot hand up. If it's working, it's it's working. He's going to have to pitch at Yankee Stadium, though. I think Swarmer is. So we'll (laughs) see how that goes.
0: Yeah, that could be interesting. I mean, I don't know, man, that slide ball is that slide ball is a little bit tricky. It I uh, he's throwing it upwards of 50 percent of the time that batters are definitely going to know it's coming, but they don't seem to see it very well. It's got some tunneling magic going on there. So it's it is possible that he could fool some of those Yankees. I don't know, man, I, I am not looking forward to seeing uh, they've just got some mashers there and they've got a bandbox. box to right field. It's just like what, three hundred and eighteen feet to right? I'm surprised Rizzo doesn't have forty home runs already.
1: He's well, he will after we face him. <laughs> I'm telling you We're just gonna sit here. You know Rizzo's gonna take so much joy into teeing off onto uh all the Cubs minor league pitchers.
0: I hope Rizzo takes Wilson Contreras to dinner and tells him to get all the money he has earned. That's what I hope Anthony
1: Rizzo does. Uh, I, I Anthony Rizzo's gonna hit a home run off of Wilson Contreras, I think. <laughs> this, uh, Wilson Contreras to hit a home
0: run off Anthony Rizzo. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah,
1: but he's the greatest relief pitcher in the history of the game. Rec
0: wreck Rizzo's ERA. Um, no, let's, <laughs> let's get back to this game. So we already talked about Givens and Robertson were really both nails here. They both pitched two innings plus, which is, you know, not exactly what you want to see from your must-pitch guys in the bullpen with one game left to go in the series. And I, I want to be real clear about something with Michael Rucker here, because it, it is not his fault that he blew up this baseball game in the 10th inning. Like he got up and down three different times in this game. That's not good for any relief pitcher. He's not a high leverage situation guy. He really should have been pitching in the first part of this doubleheader where the Cubs had that five run lead. You were talking about like, I'm not angry at Michael Rucker I am angry that the Cubs do not have the right pitchers to deploy in this circumstance.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. It's just thin. It, you said it before we're, we're a, The Cardinals had one or two extra guys to go out there and do it. And we just don't have it. So you're just stuck with Michael Rucker at the end of this one. And, and quite frankly, I forgot he was on the team. So, <laughs> you know, well, and he should not be in a situation like this, he, you know, and, and then he couldn't do it. You didn't even get an out. The Rucker Card- didn't get a single out.
0: The Cardinals were thin though, too, and I think it's worth noting. Like Hennessis Cabrera at the end of game two of or at the end of Sunday night's game, um, threw four innings of relief. Yeah. And I don't know the last time Hennessis Cabrera threw four innings, but it, it is not common. I was chatting, I was chatting with a, I can't believe I'm about to say this. I was chatting with a lovely Cardinals fan over in the left field um 200s area and he I didn't know he was a Cardinals fan when we started talking he didn't show up in a bunch of gear because he, he's a classy Cardinals fan who didn't show up trying to like you know blow up the spot or anything but after we were chatting for a couple of innings about Rickettsville and baseball money and the CBA and some other stuff um he started we were chatting about the Cardinals and I was like has this Cabrera ever gone three innings before and he's like nope not not that I've seen recently and then he went a fourth so you know props to the Cardinals. Their gamble with their reliever going four innings just paid off. That's all.
1: Yeah. I'm looking it up and I'm all the way back to the 2020 right now. And it hasn't happened <laughs> it just, that was it. Uh, he threw 4.2 innings in 2019.
0: Yeah, this was, I mean, in the
1: second, in the second game of his career, a game in which he started. That's how long ago it's been. (laughs) I mean, so
0: props to Hennessy Cabrera, man. Like that was just, he just had a, he had a great, great game and the Cubs couldn't match it. I mean, they tried Daniel Norris pitched two innings in this game and like, he was pretty good. You know, it just, I I don't know. It just didn't work out. Um, Let's talk, let's get out of extra innings and the Manfred special and everything. I know we both hate it. It is what it is we already talked about Brendan Donovan being the latest cub killer. I, he threw out two guys oh. that like, I don't know what you're supposed to do there. Like Raphael Ortega has to get to third on that play. And it was just a perfect throw from Brendan Donovan. That's not a two plan or anything. It's just like, you got beat by a guy. And then the, the play at the plate was the same thing. Like if, if that run scores, the Cubs have the lead. We don't even get to Manfred baseball. Like yeah. it would be amazing and frankly, th- those were both just great throws from right field.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They, it, it's, I've never even heard of this guy is uh, Brendan freaking Donovan. Uh, I mean, he looks, he looks just like Harrison Bader. They have the exact same hair. I was um, ridiculing Harrison Bader on uh Saturday night with that. I was calling him, or I was ridiculing. Uh, I was ridiculing um, Donovan calling him Bader hair and it didn't work. Like it just made him stronger. Just like booing Yachty makes him stronger. Uh, I don't know where they get these guys from. There must be a lab somewhere deep in Missouri in, uh, in some ancient mound. I don't, I don't know. It's like what the hell. Uh, yeah, you're right. We it's, it wasn't, none of these are two plans. Wisdom gets cut down on the plate and it just it just kills you. That's just the end of it. And there's nothing you can do about it at that point. You tried, it wasn't enough. In this game, uh the Cubs were 3 for 15 with runners in scoring position. In the other in the game that they lost on Saturday night, they were 3 for 18 with runners in scoring position. So when you look, you talked about the lineup before, the one that you want to see, the bottom of the Cubs lineup is pretty bad. Like when you get past when you get past the fifth, maybe Wisdom, when you get past number five on this, it's pretty ugly. Like, you go Ortega, Higgins, who's actually not been doing bad, Hayward, and then Simmons, and then you replace Simmons with Madrigal, like... What are we doing here? Like that's half, almost half the lineup that's just not doing anything.
0: Well, and poor PJ Higgins is like hanging out there. Like I can get on base and do things. And then, then nothing happens but he's just hanging out there. Like, well,
1: then they have him bunt. <laughs> yeah. It's not,
0: you great. know,
1: and it, that's not even what it, he's been actually doing pretty well. Yeah. Like he hit, he hit, was that him that hit that like little, uh, yeah, it was the oppo double that actually scored wisdom earlier in the game.
0: It it is. And in fact, let me tell you something about PJ Higgins, because we're going to get to this when we get to hot Cubs bats in a second. But PJ Higgins has 40 plate appearances with the Cubs since he's been called up. He is slashing 314, 385, 571 with a WRC plus of 165 in that time period. He's walking 7.5% of the time. He's only striking out 20% of the time. I don't want to see this guy bunting.
1: Yeah, exactly, especially when, you know, he's not like Mr. Power, although I think he's got at least one or two home runs, Um, but he's, uh, is that oppo double that he hit, you know, that's just looking at the outfield, and you saw, I think it was uh, the new guy, Donovan, uh, over there in right, he was playing shaded towards center. And uh, he just he seventy eight miles per hour. I'm glad when they mentioned that that because they're always always excited about the 110 and everything. But seventy eight miles per hour, little bloop over the first baseman's head down the line, hit him where they ain't. Scores wisdom, you know, like that's the kind of hit you need out of a PJ Higgins. He's going to be coming off the bench, going to be trying to get on base in certain situations, going to be trying to like move that runner over in certain situations. He's going to be asked to do this kind of thing on a team like this. And he, it's not been too big for him, even though he's pretty much a rookie.
0: Right. I like him. I like him too. I like him. I like him quite a bit. I want to talk about one more guy who definitely is a rookie for a second. Christopher Morrell has stayed hot. He extended his on-base streak to start his career to 20 games during this homestand. The kid has done nothing wrong. Everything he does, in my opinion, is outstanding and fun and really exciting. And I saw a couple of people asking on Twitter last night, hey, what's the all-time record for an on-base streak to start a career? So I did some digging on Stathead last night. It is 47 by Alvin Davis, who came up uh, with the Red Sox in 1984, and that is a record by a solid 11 games. Number two is a guy named Truck Hannah. And it was in 1918. Christopher Morrell is currently tied for 15th on this list at 20. So he's got a ways to go uh, to hit the MLB mark. But uh, he, he's in some pretty rarefied air right now. We're talking like 15 guys who have ever done anything like this.
1: Yeah, and some of that's going to be maybe a little bit of um, luck at, at, at some point. Like, But that's this is the kind of guy that seems like he makes his own luck. So he comes in with the spirit. It's it's going to be really a shame when he gets sent down when Bodhi comes back. It's like, I don't, not
0: getting sent down when Bodhi comes back. <laughs> I will riot. I will riot. I will. Pro- one I'll woman riot. protesting at the marquee.
1: <laughs> I'll join you. I mean, you know, it's – and he doesn't need any more seasoning. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if he runs into a situation – where he can't get at bats or who would who would be blocking him? Why wouldn't you give him the at bats over anybody on this team? The kid uh, is know. hitting
0: 291, 380, 468 with a WRC plus of 138 over 92 plate appearances right now. He has two home runs, six stolen bases. He's not getting thrown out on the base pass, and his ISO is 177. I swear to God, Danny, if they send him down for any of these jokers, I will riot.
1: I, as I said, I will join your riot. Uh, you know, I, I'll use any excuse to riot or or karate chop a cup snake in half. <laughs> but- <laughs> yeah,
0: let's talk about that. I saw you on Twitter uh, breaking up cup snakes in the bleachers. I I was a little nervous that you were going to get into a fight, and as we both know, there are no, there's no fighting in the bleachers. But it seems like you handled the bros just fine.
1: Um, I did lose a hat in the melee. So there was a, somebody did go for me and I lost the hat in that situation, but I don't, I didn't fight back. Although you could say that karate chopping a cup snake in half in the bleachers, uh, is an act of aggression, but, um, uh, you know, I, I also feel like building a cup snake is also an act of aggression for some of the people. I mean, we've had a lot of close games against the Cardinals. I can understand you're in a blowout situation like Friday afternoon. And hey, let's play with some garbage. Let's have of some fun. But uh, let's do the wave. You know, let's I don't know. All that garbage can happen in the in the blowout. But, you know, it's just people are showing up to get wasted. I mean, there was there was girls vomiting like there. People are being overserved at Wrigley Field right That's now. That's gross. And there, nobody's nobody's going to do anything about it. They're gonna, they're like dumping beer and dip, all, dip spit all over people with these cup snakes. There is a pandemic on right now. Not to mention the fact that we're gonna create a whole new variant based on cup snakes. It's gonna be called the CS variant, cup snake variant, the
0: bleacher you know, variant, the, the bleacher, bleacher variant, <laughs> right field sucks.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's where it's gonna happen too, right field. Um, So. I'm just, you know, I'm, I am the, uh, the vaccine to this sort of thing. And I'm saying, if you can, if you can make it, I can break it. If you can (laughs) stack it, I can whack it because I don't see any difference between your behavior of disrupting the scene in the, in the stands by making a giant cup snake. And, and these people, you don't know how it happens. It just doesn't happen out of the blue. There are people running around the bleachers, collecting cups from all over the place, from under people's chairs. They're like, oh, "I can have these cups," and then they collect this garbage, which I'm sure the people that clean up the garbage are fine with. But they collect this garbage, then they run all around. They go, they're going down the aisles. They're, they're, you know, they're in the way, and then they stack the cups. Row upon row upon row, regardless of who the hell wants that to happen right next to them or not, and be covered in beer and dip spit, whatever. A lot of the fights, the ushers have told me, have happened because of the Cup Snakes. Because they, they're they being handled by drunk people. Guess what? They break apart. People don't know what they're doing. They're half full of beer. And then, you know, so if I'm saying, if you can build these things, I can whack them down. Because building them and whacking them, I don't see the difference. You wow. know?
0: We'll we'll be tracking Danny's one-man army against the cup snake uh, here at Cup of Cubby Blue. You will not want to building
1: a a militia. You
0: you will not (laughs) want (laughs)
1: regulated
0: a well-regulated cup snake militia. Cup Uh,
1: snake militia.
0: You will you will not want to miss that. We will have exclusive cup snake chopping (laughs) coverage here on Cup of Cubby Blue. No, beyond that though, I want to talk about another distraction that happens. or that we prevent at Wrigley Field, I should say, because there is no wave at Wrigley Field. And shout out to the Chicago Cubs Twitter, because Chicago Cubs social team, they're awesome. Uh, If you've ever worked with them for social media night or something else, you know that they are just phenomenal people. But they they tweeted out a picture from June 4th's game uh, of the people in left center just like, Full on blocking the wave, like there's there's like a handful of people trying to do a wave, and a bunch of people just sitting there, like, like absolutely no. not. And I was, love I that. love that, but I also love that it came from the team account, right? Like this is official Cubs business, where they're like, no wave at Wrigley. People watch the game.
1: Well, yeah, and you know they were, and that's the thing with the Sunday night baseball. I found it to be a bit of an embarrassment because the cup snakes they were all over that stuff. Now this is a game that went extra freaking innings, yeah, and these clowns are playing with garbage. You are like, come on. Are you, what What are you here for? It's obvious what you're here for. You're not here for the game. You're not watching it. You're I, stacking, you're running around the bleachers, stacking garbage on top of garbage.
0: I couldn't agree more. And in the eighth inning, when the game is tied and people are leaving, cause they were leaving from the, like, they weren't stacking garbage in the grandstand, but they were leaving from the grandstand. I'm sitting there. I'm just like, really, what is going on here? And I tweeted something about this, basically saying I was judging everyone who was leaving this game right now. And these people don't know the difference between Rucker and Robertson. Like, they're just no. there for, like, I saw myself at Wrigley and I got a selfie. Watch the game. The game is really good. It's fun. You're in a historic ballpark. And the baseball being played was actually excellent until those Manfred man rules in the late innings.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, man. Reliving this series has made me feel worse.
0: Let's uh, let's get to the (laughs) next series. I want to whack some cup snakes. Let's get to the next series. The Cubs are going to face off against the Baltimore Orioles, who are not a team that we see very much. They are a team that has had some success issues in recent years. They are are not. They've been in a rebuild since, God, 2014, 2015. It's, It's been a long rebuild over there in Baltimore. The Cubs are going to roll in with Keegan Thompson and Marcus Stroman to face Kyle Bradish and Jordan Lyles. Danny, what do you see in these pitching matchups?
1: Well, we hope that Keegan can continue to do, I guess, uh, overperform from what we ex- expected. Um, Marcus Stroman, you hope he can bounce back against a really bad team. Uh, they Orioles have the fourth worst OPS in the major leagues. Uh, they don't, Seventh fewest runs scored. They don't. They don't walk much. They strike out a lot. They don't hit home runs. Like, so can we maybe? I mean, beat them there twice. Is, I,
0: I was also doing the whole like, oh yeah, the Orioles. We're going in to face the Orioles. The Orioles are bad. And then I looked at the records. The Cubs are. you we the same record. The Cubs are twenty three and thirty two. The Orioles are twenty three and thirty three.
1: I was just, yeah. really the same. We're better by a half a game. That's it. We are the so Orioles that's
0: people. We are the Orioles.
1: <laughs> yeah, and their bullpen. If they do have a lead, they have uh their bullpen has only only has a three thirteen ERA to R three ninety two, and so they have a fifth the top. They're the fifth top fifth, no top five ERA for bullpen, and um so yeah. They, I mean they can get it done. They're major league baseball players. Jordan Lyles. He's kind of a journeyman. I was kind of surprised to see his name. I was surprised to see anybody's name I recognized to be fair because I looked up and down this Orioles roster and I was, "Wait, their their catcher is their is um the um well now it's Adley Rutschman. So I'm kind of I excited to see him, I guess. But what their I guess their catcher they were going with before was the um ex Cubs farmhand Robinson Chirinos. Oh yeah. That's, yeah. He's on this team. So I'm looking up and down. I'm like, who do they got that? I know I'm like Chris Owings. I guess I heard of him. Trey Mancini has been on that team for a long time. Rough Neto O'Dore ended up over there, but outside of there, um, it's not great, but in the last um, they've actually been doing better lately. I mean, they've got in the let a couple of guys, and you're probably going to bring these up with uh, OPSs over 800, at least the last two weeks.
0: Yeah. A couple they've got of guys. Some- They've got some guys who have been hot hitters lately. Before we get to the hot hitting part, though, I do want to flag one thing about Camden for people that don't watch a lot of games in the AL East. um, They moved the left field wall back about 20 feet and increased the height of it significantly at the start of the season. There are not a lot of home runs to be had in left field. Now I don't think that's going to impact this Cubs team as much as it might have in years past. This is not a very Homer dependent team. So if anything, it just means that there will be more extra base hits and some other stuff, but keep an eye on that wall it is it is certainly suppressed offense at in Baltimore that used to be kind of a park where you could you could chalk up a lot of home runs and i don't think that's true anymore
1: yeah i know a lot of people are complaining about it that they may be overcorrected there so i i mean i don't know what kind of difference i mean it used to be a huge band box. I mean, were they just sick of the Yankees hitting home runs on them (laughs) or like, or the, there's so many powerhouses in the AL East. I mean, they probably were like, well, we don't have, home run hitters so let's they make do it have harder home
0: run hitters though so I'm not entirely sure like That's this true did, this didn't help Ryan Castle. it didn't help Trey Mancini Trey like Mancini, it didn't help yeah. their guys at all um it you know I I don't know I, I'm not entirely sure what the impetus for that was I don't know if they were trying to make it a more friendly place for pitching or something I have no idea but it is something to keep an eye on when you see that left field wall you'll see exactly what I mean let's talk about hot hitters for the Orioles this is the last month of data for the Orioles and the Cubs Trey Mancini has a WRC plus of 176 over that time. Rugnet Odor, who Danny already mentioned, has a WRC plus of 126 over that time. Ryan Mountcastle is at 115 and Ramon Urias is at 112. Those are the four hottest hitters on the Orioles and the only guys with a WRC plus over 110 with 40 plate appearances in the last month.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, Cubs should win both of these, you would hope, but yeah, they've got, they've got some guys. I mean, you, you wonder at what point d- is this going to be, they're kind of like the pirates that they're o- the only way they're going to do it is if they get like some core of rookies because they're never, never going to spend the money, but they just need the core of rookies to overperform and put them in it so that they can get a, couple of cheap veteran guys to get them over the hump. And then maybe they make some kind of playoff run, but like, I don't know. It's like for the Cubs and the Orioles to have the same record. I almost think that the Orioles might be even better because we're in a weaker division than the Orioles are. And yet we have the same record.
0: Yeah, that is definitely true. One guy to keep an eye on Adley Rushman, who I mentioned earlier is their top prospect. He's catcher. Um, He has been struggling since he came up in 57 Played appearances. He has a WRC plus so far of 26. He's slashing 137, 228, 196. But I'm sure he will figure it out eventually. I hope he figures it out after the Cubs leave town. Speaking of the Cubs, the Cubs have some hot hitters of their own. And honestly, like I feel pretty good walking in to this Baltimore series if they can get a little rest and just get the bullpen back and reset. Wilson Contreras. What more can I say? He's slashing 273, 423, 558 over the last month. He has a WRC plus of 174. PJ Higgins, we already talked about, WRC plus of 165. Raphael Ortega has a WRC plus of 141. He's slashing 320, 411, 440 over his last month. Christopher Morrell, 291, 380, 468, with a WRC plus of 138 through his major league debut. Ian Happ is back on the right side of this one. He's slashing 263, 351, 495 with a WRC plus of 131. Frank Schwindel has a WRC plus of 130. Patrick Wisdom has a WRC plus of 124. And Nico Horner has a WRC plus of 122. Danny, it feels like this team should be much better than they actually are. Can we just roll out that lineup that I just said? I think I just listed like seven guys. That's your lineup right there. Those guys should play every day.
1: Yeah. And I don't, as I said, I don't know why the guys that you didn't mention <laughs> get to play or even be on this baseball team.
0: You know, we don't normally talk about the dudes who are struggling because I'm not looking to call any guys out, but I do just want to flag a couple, like one of those names who keep seeing playing time here. Andrelton Simmons is slashing 178, 196, 178 with a WRC plus of four. He is 96% worse than the league average batter at driving in runs, I swear to God, the Cubs would be better off if the pitcher hit.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I hate the DH anyway. And Now we just, I mean, he's not even like a good defensive replacement. And then they said he was going to play second base only, which was a head scratcher as it was. And then he, they, that didn't happen. He ended up at short anyway. And it's not even that good. I know he's a former gold Glover, but you know, Emphasis on the former because I haven't seen it. I mean, maybe a couple plays, but you know, we've been watching Javi for a while and <laughs> not seeing that. He did so, he did
0: save a run with that th- quick throw to home uh, in the cart. I forget which game it was. It. It was a, a couple
1: nice- plays, yeah, He's had yeah. some nice plays. But it's but it's not like you know. want right to see him. Up. Not he notice- should be
0: a defensive replacement, right? Like Jason Hayward and Andrelton Simmons at this point should be defensive replacements. Later in the game. And frankly, I'm not even sure you need a defensive replacement for Nico. I'm thinking a defensive replacement at (laughs) second.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, if you got Madrigal over there or something, yeah, because he's kind of a statue out there. Um, But yeah, Andrelton Timmons, where did they pay him? Like, talk about wasting money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they paid him too much for what's happening. I'll tell you that much. So it's like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I, I I don't know why they signed it. Four million bucks.
0: You know, if Andrelton Simmons gets too much playing time on this East Coast road trip, you know you will hear about it here at Cup of Cubby Blue. Danny, in the meantime, for today's off day and the next two games at Camden Yards, where can people find you and your snake chopping?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I will be showing video of my Cupsnake shopping tonight on the Sunranto show at 8 p.m. Central. Uh, we're going to be regaled with tales from infield fly girl in her trip to Chicago. She's finally recovered enough to come on the show and tell us all about her ex- first experience to Chicago and Wrigley Field. And uh, also, uh, we're going to have uh, Heather Livingston on. Um, I think that's her full Heather Livingston, Leinington, Ly- sorry, Leinington Noble. Who is a big uh, Orioles fan, and she's she's gonna, yeah, and she's gonna come on and uh, tell us about all the guys on the Orioles that we've never heard of, (laughs) and how she feels about life as an Orioles fan. And so we got a couple people coming on, and that'll be tonight, 8 p.m. till whenever we're done. So find me on Twitter, Sonranto, S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O, like Ron Santo, R-N-S switched. Awesome.
0: I will definitely be checking that out. You can find me and my baseball writing and takes at, at BCB underscore Sarah. You can find everything related to the podcast plus references to things that we talk about on the show tweeted out at the podcast account at Cup of Cubby Blue. And if the Cubs are able to win it, a couple of these games in Baltimore against a perpetually rebuilding Oriole team, Orioles team, you will hear about it here on Thursday's off day uh, at Cup of Cubby Blue before the... He- Cubs head into the Bronx to face off with old friend Anthony Rizzo. Until next time.